the second part of Yeshua's mission after conquering Eretz Yisrael was to divide Eretz Yisrael. And the Pasuk says, Yeshua Zakein Baba Yamim. Yeshua was old, he had aged Baba Yamim, which is an expression we find used by the office as well. And that is, Baba Yamim means he was coming to the end of his days. Hashem tells Yeshua, tells the cancer, boss of Yamim, you've aged, but you haven't finished your job. Most of Eretz Yisrael still has to be apportioned and given to each of it. Until this day, Yeshua hadn't divided Eretz Yisrael at all. The Ever Yadin was given to the three, well, I should say the two and a half Shvatim, Reuven God and half of Nasha that was given to them by Moshe Rabbeinu. But Yeshua hadn't began the process of the division of the rest of Eretz Yisrael. It's only seven years from day one. If, this is something which the Navi makes a point of mentioning Yeshua got older, and not only that, when Hashem speaks to Yeshua and he draws attention to the fact, there's obviously something to learn from that. And Chazal do learn from this. Chazal learned from this that we know that Moshe lived to 120, Yeshua only lived to 110. And uh, Chazal said that really Yeshua was meant to live to 120 like Moshe did. So what did he do wrong? That as a result of that he lost 10 years of his life. So Chazal said he was mis'atzel b'chalukas aretz. He was, he was, took his time. He wasn't in a rush to give out his Yeshua. <coughs> and therefore as a result of that, so to speak, he aged more quickly than he would have otherwise. Which means at this stage Yeshua was 103. And really, you should have had another 17 years to live. You only got another seven. Now, why was why was Yeshua misaxel? Why did Yeshua, so to speak, delay dividing Eretz Israel? And why was the why was he punished by losing 10 years of life? So Yeshua's cheshbon is he was given a guarantee from Hashem that as long as he's the leader, Kaisha will listen to. Him. And we find that it's an amazing thing. Yeshua was zeichet to something that it would be hard for us to find another Jewish leader who was successful in the same area, and that is nobody, except for the one example of Ochan, nobody broke the Torah or disobeyed him in his lifetime. Even Moshe Ben wasn't zeichet to that. Moshe contended with numerous complaints and uprisings and koirach and the like. Yeshua nothing. Yeshua obeyed him obediently the whole way through his career. And this was because Hashem promised, promised him at the very beginning. When he was appointed as a leader, Hashem told him, Ryan Paragalif. He said, No one's going to disobey you. And therefore nobody did. Now Yeshua knew that therefore as long as he's alive, Kai Yisrael, let's say, in safe hands. And he was worried that after he died, what's going to be with the level of Kai Yisrael when the whoever the next leader might be. And therefore, Yeshua was in no rush to finish. He was maintaining the level of Christ for as long as he was alive. And was, he, therefore, he wasn't in a rush, so to speak, to finish the job. Now, was he right or was he wrong in that? So if we see that Hashem punished him for it, then obviously, there was a certain khash, but that was wrong. And the question is why? So let's draw a parallel. Let's look for something similar in Moshe Rabbeinu's knife. And we'll see how Moshe reacted differently. And that is, Hashem tells Moshe, 
He says to him, after the story with Baal Pu'ar, after 24,000 Jews fell um, in Shittim, so Hashem tells Moshe, I want you to take revenge against Midian. You're going to lead the campaign to destroy Midian as revenge. And after that, you finish your career. After that, you're going to die. So Moshe also, so to speak, had an insurance policy. He was going to live until he finished the campaign against Midian. And how did Moshe react? Moshe straight away goes to raise the army to fight Midian. And Chazal tell us that Klaishal didn't want to go. They said, Moshe, if we were just told by Hashem that until Midian's fought, you, you, you're going to be with us, right? If that's the case, why are we in a rush? We'd rather not go to fight. And Moshe had to force them to go to war. It says, the Pasuk says, in Pashas Matos, that they were separated, the soldiers were separated, sent to war, Kilopal Karchum, because they didn't want to go. They would much rather have kept Moshe Ben as the leader, not, so to speak, gone to war, which would have been then the final mission of Moshe before he could die. It was public, that, that thing? And the soldiers knew about it, it was public. Now, so therefore, why, why didn't Moshe have that cheshman? We see that Moshe on the country. He was in, there was, there was no, he wasn't, he didn't hold back. He didn't delay, so to speak, the fight against Midian, even though it, it meant that he himself would die afterwards. So the answer is, at least in that case, that there's a, one of the myths we learn from Moshe in a number of places is there's reasons to do what Hashem wants to do now. And there's another Cheshbonis. If HaKadosh Baruch wants him to do something now, so he's going to do it now. If as a result of that, it means he's finished his job here, okay. That, didn't, that wasn't a factor. It wasn't a factor. Moshe uh, was the Eved Hashem. And if this is what Hashem wants to be done, then he's going to do it even if he'll lose personally as a result of that. Seems from Chazal that there was a little bit of a, like a tiny director that you were sure he didn't do the same. And that is your job was to conquer Israel and your job was to divide Israel. And even if you have, uh, let's say, good reasons and good intentions in why you want to delay the process, but Lamai said you were given the job to do it, and you're not meant to delay the job. You're meant to, you're meant to do what Hashem told you to do. What was the Hashem given to him? Moshe told him, You're going to be the one to give Tashal their inheritance. He wasn't specifically promised that you will, you'll live until you do it, but that was the job he was given. So he understood that that's the job that he's still going to do. And therefore, what's the rush? You may as well take his time. And in this sense, it was wrong. If he was, if he was given an instruction, you, you meant to divide the land to Kali Israel. So then, he, it was a considered a mistake on his part that he didn't do it. And if that's the case, what happened as a result? Exactly the opposite. He lost time. He lost time. He, Hashem took time off his life, and that's why Hashem introduces it to him now. It says, you Baba Yamim, your life's coming to an end and you haven't done the job yet. So that's uh, the push to do it more quickly. It's more of a Other times the same idea, not by people. You find the same thing by Malachim. Uh, the Gemara says, in the time of the Khurban, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave the, the Malach Gavril two burning coals and told him to throw them in Yerushalayim. And Gavril took his time. He waited for a year until the coals cooled down. And the Gemara says that had uh, Gavril thrown the coals in Yerushalayim originally when he got them, then the carnage would have been much greater. 
Kiddo having until seventy times in Rufnius, but the fact that he waited meant that the din cooled off, so to speak, and therefore there was less destruction and there's less less death than there would have been otherwise. But nevertheless, Gavil was punished for that. He was given the job to do, just do it. And therefore we see the same, even though there obviously Gavriel's intention was to tell Yisrael, but nevertheless, if Hashem gave him something to do, the person was not meant to delay. Also not meant to delay. If it's a bit tangential to the eager point, but once you brought up the example, the topic of where the Malachim have Bechira, is something discussed a lot in the Akhirani. And basically, everyone says in their own words, but the general answer that they all give is the same. And that is, there's a difference between a Malach, which we say doesn't have Bechira, or let's say the other extreme, an animal which doesn't have Bechira. An animal doesn't have Bechira because an animal doesn't have Das. And therefore, an animal can't make decisions. He works instinctively, and whatever impulse, so to speak, appeals to him, or self-preservation instinct, that's what he's going to work with. Whereas a malach, a malach doesn't have a bechir for a different reason. And that is, it's like asking, this is the martial I think of Desta gives, if a person's standing on the side of a major highway, and he watches the cars, the buses, the, tra- the trucks speeding past. Now, does he have the choice to run into the road? He does. No one's stopping him. Would he run into the road? Probably not. Why not? Because when there's no, there's nothing pushing you to do it. And it's so clear to you that the damage of, of doing it, so I'm not going to do it. Not because I can't make that decision, but because there's no decision to make. The answer is a foregone conclusion. Right? Whereas, if you have a little kid who's ball rolled into the street, and it's not such a busy street, then the kid would be very tempted to run into to save his ball, even though he might get hurt. Right? Nothing changed except for here there's a, a motivation to do it and he doesn't see the danger as clearly. Right. So that's what the difference between us and Malachim is that the Malach is like the first example. He, like, the first example. He doesn't have anything putting him to do the wrong thing. He doesn't have a Yetzirah. And the consequence is so clear that why would I self-destruct? I'm doing something which is so obviously bad for me that why would I do it? Whereas a person, number one, he has Yetzirah, the ball rolls into the road. And number two, a person's uh, perception is somewhat distorted. And therefore, he doesn't see so clearly what's going to happen if he does the wrong thing. And therefore, he's more likely to do it. And therefore, to answer our question, this is a very good marshal for it, could, could a malach make decisions? Yes. Normally, he has no reason in the world to make the wrong decision. It's, it's suicidal, so to speak. It's, it's quite clearly the wrong thing to do, so why would he do it? But uh, in those cases where we do find malach making a mistake, it's because the malach could. A malach can, does his das and could make decisions. And there could be wrong decisions. Okay. Anyway, so what we see from both the story of Moshe, Yeshua, and the Malach Gavriel, the, uh, the, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu expects when he gives instructions that people do them right away. And uh, whatever intentions a person thinks are going to be beneficial by delaying the Mekayim when Hashem wants, Ba'atim don't act as a fair consideration to delay doing what Hashem wants. And now Hashem is going to give him the land that he needs to split up. The land which is left, which needs to be split, the Gliris is the land of the Plishtim, which Klai shall never conquer. They hadn't conquered that yet. The Gliris is one of the nations we spoke about them before. Shikhar is the Nile River, Ashel Pene Mitzrayim, Vad Gvul Ekron, and Safari Ekron is in the north. 
the Kalyan Tehoshet that's all considered the lands of the Kalyanim, and if that's the case, it was given to Klai Yisrael, because they were given the lands of the Kalyanim. Same thing, the Chameshes, Sarnei Plishtim, the five provinces, we had the five governors of the Plishtim, which was the area of Azza, and Tazasi, Ashtad Yisrael, Ashtad Yisrael, Ashtad Yisrael, and Ekran. Avim was an extra nation which the Torah talks about in Dvarim, which lived next to the Plishtim. So these countries, these people hadn't been conquered yet. But that land was given to Klaisha. It was better than our land. It was part of the land, the land of the Knani, which Hashem promised to Klaisha. This is not the same acronym. Call Eretz Aknani, Umara Shalitadonim, Adafeko, Agvul Haemori. This is the land of the Knani until we get to the Gvul of the Emori, which was further north. And then, Vaaretz Agivli. That's the north border from the Kherman on the one side to the Vaikhamas on the other side. That's the area of the mountains, that's the Golan. That's in the north of Lebanon. Hashem says these places haven't been conquered yet. I'm still going to destroy these people in front of Israel. Give that inheritance already now, like I told you, like you meant to do, right? even though you haven't conquered it yet. And this is the Chiddush. Yeshua never finished the conquest. He conquered most of Eretz Israel. There were two major zones in Eretz Israel he never conquered. The one he, he didn't, and it was a mistake, and the one that he couldn't. The one he couldn't was the land of the Pishtim, which was five cities, the five kings, of, we just mentioned them. He couldn't conquer them because those were the descendants of Avimelech. They weren't allowed to conquer them yet. And the other one was the area in the north of Lebanon, which is the area of Sidon, like we just mentioned now. And that Yishuk could have conquered, he didn't. And that's why Hashem pointed out to him, you didn't do it, but I'm still going to have to drive the game out of here. But there's not a reason not to do the rest of your job, which is to split the land into the different tribes' inheritances, even though it doesn't all belong to the Jewish people. Now, and therefore... Hashem gives him the direct instruction. And therefore, divide the land into the nine Shvatim which are left, as well as the half Shvat of Benasha, as because they should get their land. Just like Reuben and God and the half of Benasha had got their land on the east of the Yardens, so now you have to give the other Shvatim their land. On the west, and others in Eretz Yisrael proper. Right now, the process is repeating the land that uh, that was given by Moshe to the two Shvatim on the east bank. Again, that's the southern border of Sichon's land. Amon is south of of Sichon's land, and therefore, from going north from Amon was the area which belonged to Sichon, and was now given to. To Reuven, that's further north. That's that was given to God, and further north was given to Menashe. the two nations which Klaishal was meant to destroy and didn't, and therefore until the time the Nach was written, they were still living among Israel. Israel had never gotten to destroy them. Those were 
they went to Shinnies or separate uh, nations in Eretz Yisrael, which they were meant to just drive out, and they didn't. And therefore, the, but that's not the point of the parak. The point is that Hashem told him to give the lands of Eretz Yisrael to the other Shvatim as a Nachla, and that comes to twelve Shvatim. Levi was given cities, like we'll see later on. Levi wasn't given inheritance, he wasn't given land, because his job is to be focused on the base of Megdash, bringing the Kurbanas, and not on agriculture. Now, there's one more point to mention over here, and that is to explain the Pasuk in the Torah. The Pasuk in the Torah says, when he's talking about how Kaddish Baruch is going to destroy the Knani before B'nai Yisrael, the Pasuk in Kisisa, and it says, Hashem says to Moshe Ben, he's going to, when he's going to drive the various nations out of Eretz Yisrael, he says, I'm not going to lower Groshen I'm not going to drive them all in one go. I'm going to do little bit by little bit. Right? And Rashi explains from Chazal that if Klai Yisrael destroy all the Goyim right away, then they're going to be parts of Eretz Yisrael which aren't yet inhabited. And if that's the case, it's going to be an invitation for wild animals or whatever it is to move in. And uh, therefore, the, the cultivated lands will become overgrown, the houses will fall into disrepair, and if there aren't people to maintain the cities or the, or the fields, wherever it is, so they're going, to, they're going to go back to being like wilderness. And therefore, I should say, I'm not going to drive the Knaim out too fast. In case, if you do that, then it's going to become a jungle. The wild animals are going to increase, and they're going to be an extra companion to that the fat wildlife to reclaim the ground. Where was this Miskai? Where was this fulfilled? We see when it actually happened, Yeshua went on Israel and he destroyed everyone. And where was it fulfilled that Hashem said, I'm going to destroy them bit by bit, not in one go? Because it has to give Kaishal enough time to increase in order to take the land. And so we already saw when it came to the battle, it wasn't in one battle, it took seven years. So we could understand that seven years was the amount of time that Hashem meant when he said ma'at ma'at, a little by little over the course of the seven years. It could be also that there wasn't enough time, and that's why there were still places they hadn't conquered yet. They hadn't conquered yet, and these were the, these were the borders, the extremes of Israel. Either the far south, which is the land of the Plishtim, or the far north, which is the land of the Kshurim and the Machosim, which are in Lebanon. Right? And therefore, the, the, and therefore if they, had, if they hadn't expanded enough to the extent that they'd be able to conquer these places, and Hashem said, your job, Yeshua, is to give out the land, right? even though we haven't conquered them, that would be a later, a later mission to do, to fulfill, when Klai Yisrael are ready, so to speak, to inhabit those areas also. And if that's the case, they weren't punished for it, it wasn't, they weren't ready for it yet. Right. Why did Yeshua have to be the one to give it out? The same reason as before. And we're going to see, by Hashem, in the next parak, next year, that the, the apportioning Eretz Yisrael had the potential of being a very... Uh, hot topic could cause a lot of arguments as you understand yourselves if you just try to give anything that's going to everyone has their opinion of what they want and don't want and if you're giving out real estate in Yerushalayim right, then you can imagine what it's going to look like and therefore you needed your shirt to do it because he had the promise that no one's going to argue with him and, and therefore what he would say would, would, would carry right? whereas if after your shirt died and now it was left as a, the Shvatim to so to speak come to their own agreements then it wouldn't have been uh, such a peaceful, so to speak, agreement or activity. And so Yeshua was instructed to make sure to make sure to give it.